It was just a couple short years ago that the men's 3000 meter steeplechase in Canada was dominated by Speed River. There's Alex Cheney, Chris Winter, Taylor Milne, and before he took on the marathon, Rob Watson. Those guys along with Bowerman's Matt Hughes were the pillars for the event in this country. With a new Olympic cycle though, all those Speed River guys have decided to move on to new things in their lives, leaving us wondering just what's next for the event. Well, perhaps we don't have to look all that far. On the women's side, there's still Genevieve Lalonde, making it to the finals in Rio and at the last World Champs. She's a national record holder and seemingly getting better with every single season. There's also a strong contingent of men in Guelph coming up. Names you might be kind of familiar with, like Crystal Hanty, but some that you probably haven't heard yet, like Josh Kellier. This week, we'll change that as we take a peek at the steeple scene in Guelph. You're listening to Something in the Water, the story of the University of Guelph and Speed River track and field teams, brought to you by Sidious Mag. The 3000 meter steeplechase is an odd event. It's a combination of technical skills, to get over the barriers in an effective way, strong aerobic fitness, and of course, being able to turn on the jets at the end of it all is pretty helpful too. On this week's episode, we talk with a woman who can rightfully call herself one of the best in the world. Making it to an Olympic finals and a world championship finals, Jean-Vierre Lalonde will be on later in the episode. Also, we'll check in with Josh Kellier, a gutsy collegiate athlete and a man I believe to be the future of the event in Canada. As well, we'll hear from some Olympic alumni of the program. Chris Winter and Alex Cheney will reflect on their time with the river. And Crystal Hanty, national medalist and a man knocking at the door of the big leagues, will share some things with us that represent his time in Guelph. First though, Dave Scott Thomas, coach and founder of the club, talks about the early days of getting athletes up to the international level in the steeplechase. I think our strength in the steeplechase was that we were creative and willing, and we had people of a certain personality type that wanted to get involved with that. I mean, our, our first barriers I just made, you know, I just went to the lumber yard and looked at the specifications in the IAAF rulebook, and I beat the, they, they were bomb-proof, but they weighed about 500 pounds each. Like, it took forever to move them around. And, and then we built these mini hurdles. And as with so many things, for me as a coach, I've just learned by having really trusting people that have given me the, the gift of their open-mindedness, uh, you know, because we built progressive hurdle sizes. And uh, at one point I had this idea of just sort of long jumping the, the barrier, like not touching it. And there's all sorts of reasons why some people, very few, are able to do that. But generally it's not effective. So we just had open-minded people where we explored, which would be common to any event group we've done. But once we had a few people rolling in steeplechase, then we had a bit of that as an identity, and I think that drew more in. I'm Alex Genet. I was a 3,000 meter steeplechase runner. I was uh, 17th at the Olympics. I was uh, 13th at Worlds in 2013. Um, my PB is 81982. Um, and uh, I came to Guelph in 2009 after I transferred from uh, Sherbrooke, where I was studying before. So I came here and I just got better and better and better. So uh, Guelph has really been a good place for me uh, emotionally, uh, socially, and really for athletics. It's been, it's been the place that I was looking for when I moved. Well, one of, one of the stories I always like to talk about is uh, when I came here, we were trying to create a steeple culture. 
and uh, we were a bit of the uh, offside and people were saying, oh, what is steeplechase? And oh, we don't like you steeplers uh, in a funny way, in, 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 a, in a friendly way. Uh, but so we tried, we uh, created the steeple, uh, the steeple Tuesdays. And so every Tuesday or one Tuesday a month, we were gathering in one of the guys place and we were having dinner and then we were watching a steeplechase video and talking about steeple and it was really fun it lasted for about six months but it kind of created that vibe of steeplers that are supporting steeplers and then we became a really successful group with rob watson chris winter taylor mill uh myself jem lalon uh, dana buchanan meredith mcgregor there was uh, quite a few of us that were there at the time, maybe 2010, 2011, when the steeplechase was being uh, was being somewhat created in Guelph. Because before that, it was there was not a lot of people here in, in the steeple. I first came across Josh Kelly last summer at a Twilight Meet. It was the last race of the night, and it was a 3,000 meter specifically designed to get teammate Crystal Hanty the World Championship time standard. Josh and Taylor Milne were the designated pacers, and Josh at the time was a runner with a PB a lot closer to 9 minutes. The race went off, and Josh went through halfway bang on 8.30 pace, everything according to plan. Now, instead of dropping out, he hung in there and ended up gritting out a new PB, much to the amazement of those in attendance. The subject of that race was where we started our conversation. <laughs> that was probably the hardest, hardest race I've run to try to PB in in my life. And just knowing that I was going into it as a pacer and I could have dropped out around 2K, uh, I was just gonna have to run on world standard pace for as long as I could was very difficult to do. And to hold on for that last kilometer was very, very hard. And that last 400 meters was probably the hardest <laughs> steeplechase in my life. You know, the thing about the, the steeple race is that it's so difficult to find uh, really any steeple race, but a quality steeple race. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about how with a 1500, you can pretty much race every single weekend. You can find a good quality field every single weekend. Uh, have you found that that's been a challenge for you? Uh, you know, just finding good quality steeple chases that are nearby that you can PB in? Yeah, for sure. Um, I went into the outdoor season wanting to run a fast steeplechase and possibly make some world teams um, but it was just so hard to actually find a steeplechase race so I ended up running a lot more 1500s because I was doing good at the 1500 um, but I definitely wanted to run more steeplechases because I just like them more I like the race and it was just unfortunate that it, I there's just not as many so you're in your second year of university, but you know, I, I want to know where did you come from? Where, where were you before Guelph? And uh, you know, what was some of your junior experiences and you know, how you've developed since coming to Guelph? Um, I grew up in Chatham, Ontario, which is close to Windsor and London. Uh, so uh, in grade 10, I joined uh, the Windsor Legion Track and Field Club and I trained with uh, the Scarrow brothers there. And um, I did the, I did steeplechase, 1500, 3K in high school. And in my senior years, like grade 11 and 12, I ran uh, steeplechase at OFSA. And in grade 12, I actually won it. 
And um, actually before that, um, in the summer 2014 at the Youth Nationals, uh, I was on Team Ontario for the Legion and I won steeplechase there. It was 2K steeple. I ran uh, 5.49. So that's when I knew like this was something I wanted to keep going in, like the steeplechase. You know, one thing that I would say that I really appreciate about your racing is that uh, you go out there and, you know, you try and get it right off the off the gun. You know, mm-hmm. there's not any holding back. Uh, it's just, you know, you. It's, it's, it's a very fun style of racing to watch. Yeah. You know, how did that develop? You know, have you always kind of been like that? I've always, yeah. I mean, from pretty much since I started racing, I've just, I've wanted to be, like, at the front of the pack until I, like, honestly just cannot run that fast anymore and I just prefer it like I feel like you are more happy with the result knowing that you put your all out there mm-hmm. every single time and it's I prefer it more than just sitting and kicking in a race and that's that would be like the main thing I dislike about a 1500 meter race yeah. is just having to just sit back well because nobody wants to take those races out and you just have to wait until 400 and then just like sprint as fast as you can and it's not as fun as just pushing your limit like the whole time and seeing how fast you can go one thing that i i think from from getting from watching you race is that um you know you're only in your second year of university but when it comes to a cross race or even a track race you are up front at the at the beginning and it, it gives off that vibe like okay i belong up here this is this is where i belong in the race you know i'm not going to hold back i'm not going to be timid when did when did that shift come for you the whole psychology of running you know with the leaders i would say it started honestly it started in a workout in indoors here in guelph um mm-hmm. I would say I was running a little timid all season. I didn't have the best cross-country season first year. And then we come into indoor track, and obviously I'm fit enough to run with most of the guys on our team. But I would like I would run behind them in workouts just because I didn't feel like I deserved to be out there. Mm-hmm. And Dave totally called me out on it, and he said, this next, this next rep, I want you to run as fast as you can. I want you to be ahead of Connor. I want to see what you can do. And I did, and I ran, it was a 350 meter rep, and I think I ran 45 seconds or something, Hmm. and it was super fast, and he's like, we're gonna get you there, Josh. And from that moment on, I knew like, I I could run as fast as I could, I could run up with these guys, I could be at the front of the pack. And I've been carrying that mentality, I'd say, ever since, and now it's, that was earlier this year, so, since then, I guess I've run 344, 1500 mm-hmm. meter. Yeah. Um, I was our second runner on the team at OUAs, and it's just it's a better mentality to have. And I feel like I'm less scared going to racing, knowing I deserve to be up there. I'd say. So, I mean, your PB at this point is is 351, which is it's far off off a world standard. However. I think we discussed why why that is. Yeah. Quite honestly, in in that timeline, when do you see yourself being at that level where you can run the world the world class time? It's so hard to say because 
world-class time, 8.30, that's 21 seconds from what I've run. But I'd say this coming outdoor season, if if I can run as fast as I feel like I can run, I could I could get there. And that's a lot to say, but I like I trust in the training here in Guelph, and I know Dave believes in me, so mm-hmm. I think I can get there. So if you look at the national championships a couple of years ago, uh, there is Alex Janay. Yeah. There was Chris Winter. <laughs> there was Taylor Milne. Those are all Speed River guys. Yeah. And I mean like for a while if there was a Canadian steeple Mount Rushmore you know like three out of four guys would be you know Speed River guys University of Guelph guys um, I mean obviously you still train with, with Crystal Handy who is another guy who's you know on the uh, on the uh, the up and coming you know what what's that like to, to be part of that that legacy you it know? is it's the reason I came to Guelph um, when I was coming in the first year it was um, it was the Olympic cycle, so there were five or six guys of the top steeplechase guys in Canada that were training here, Speed River and Guelph. And so I shoot an email to Chris Mullen. I'm like, I want an officer steeplechase. I, you have a deep program here. I want to come check it out. And he got back to me, and we're here now. And it's, it feels great to be part of the legacy. It feels great to be up and coming in it, and I want to see where I can take it. So, what's interesting about steeplechases, it's not just running fast, it's not just speed, uh, you know, obviously there's a big psychological part to it as well, but there's a very big technical part to it that you aren't going to find in, in other track sports yeah. as well too. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your development and, and the technical end of things and uh, how the river has helped you out there too. Yeah, um, I, one thing I found really neat was I would say November-ish last year, I got an email from Taylor Mill, and then he's saying, hey, uh, I hear you're into steeplechasing. Come out uh, after practice with me and Jen Lalonde, and we'll get working on some uh, hurdle techniques. And that really pumped me up, to just knowing I was going to go with two Olympian steeplechasers and start working on my hurdling technique. And he helped me out a lot, and she helped me out a lot um, getting the hurdling down and then we would we were going over steeple jumps like water jumps together in the sand pits in the winter and it helped me out a lot in the summertime you guys are coming off a uh, a team championship uh, both at the cross country uh collegiate championships uh as well as last year's indoor track and field uh you guys were the team champs as well too how do you see yourself contributing to that this year and the defense of that I believe we're going to have a very deep distance squad in the 15 and the 3K. Uh, we have three guys that have run 344 uh, in the 1500, and I believe I can get us some points up there in both those races, and I'll help contribute on that side of things. And I think we can repeat in the on indoor. And going forward with cross country, we're returning all seven of our guys that were at Victoria this year, and it looks like it's just going to get better from there. What does the future of Josh Kelly hold? Oh, gee. Um, hopefully some... I, 
I want to make some international teams. Uh, it's always been, I'd say, a dream of a runner to be on Team Canada for your event, and I hope to get there this summer, and I hope to just keep progressing, and we'll see from there, knock on wood. <laughs> Five things that define Crystal Hanty's time in Guelph. National steeple medalist Crystal Hanty talks about five objects that mean a lot to his time in the Royal City. Hi, my name is Crystal Hanty. Uh, I'm a steeplechaser from Guelph, Ontario, running with the Speed River Track and Field Club. Um, I was a team captain of the Guelph Griffins uh, cross-country and track and field teams in the 2014-2015 season. Um, I was also the bronze medalist at the Canadian National Championships in the steeplechase this past summer. Um, so the first item, uh, when I was in first year, it was in 2010, um, I sought out the campus newspaper clippings of every time our team was uh, ridden up on. So this was a pretty big year for the Guelph Griffins. Um, at the OUA championships, we went one, two, three, four, six, almost a perfect score. Um, and it was really kind of a incredibly eye-opening experience for me going from uh, a high school runner who was doing a lot of training um, by myself in high school with a club team, but really never kind of having that uh, experience in running, which was a team sport. These newspaper clippings I kept on my wall in residence in first year and uh, kind of looked to them to see kind of what I wanted to be by the time I was done uh, my career at Guelph. And uh, they stay with me as symbols of uh, kind of the guys that I wanted to run after and kept chasing and then eventually was running with and on occasion was running faster than. But uh, the second item is the 2013 CIS track and field team medal. Um, this was a pretty big accomplishment for our team. Uh, while we had been a CIS championship team in cross country for uh, many seasons in a row, the track and field championship kind of eluded us uh, every once in a while. Uh, we were definitely really strong in the distance events historically, um, but over time our speed power team uh, got really great, really strong. Um, we, have, we had a really strong throws team, jumps team, sprints team. This was kind of the one season that uh, I think we demonstrated that we are a track and field powerhouse, not just a distance squad. And that was a really incredible season to um, kind of take what I felt in the cross-country season, the camaraderie amongst the team, and, you know, uh, bring that to track and cheer on the jumpers and really have an integrated team where um, we all support each other no matter if we jumped through or ran. The third item, uh, which represents my time at Guelph, is actually a printout of an email that I wrote to uh, Dave in uh, 20. 15 when I was in Finland. Uh, this is something that I actually go back to often. Uh, it was kind of a big breakout race for myself. Um, previously, I'd never run under 840 in the steeplechase. Um, and this was the last race I had in uh, the Euro trip of that year. Um, I'd been in Belgium, I'd been in a couple other countries and things were going okay. Um, but I kind of, for my last race, uh, hopped on a couple planes, a couple trains went up north to probably the northest, the northernmost point I've ever been. The sun went down, I think, for an hour at night. 
um, after the race. But uh, it was it was just an incredible experience. Like um, I ran a 33 there, so it was a personal best by over seven seconds. And uh, just the I think the email kind of captures where my head was at after that race, and it's really it's an emotional email for me and it's something that um if i'm ever you know trying to get into the right headspace before a race or trying to just kind of remember why i do it um i'll read this email and kind of go back to that point and it's less about the time really and more about just the experience of having fun and being in a crazy place that i would have never been before meeting a bunch of people um and i think that email really captures that for me so um, that's number three. Um, hello, my name is Geneviève Lalonde. Uh, I'm from Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm uh, the Canadian steeplechase uh, women's record holder. Uh, I've been, I'm a 2016 Olympian, uh, 2015 World Championship finalist. Uh, Geneviève Lalonde has had some wild years recently setting the national record, making an Olympic final, a world championship final, and running in a bunch of Diamond League races. When we talked, I thought it might be a good idea to go back a little bit further, to the time before Genevieve decided to pick up and move halfway across the country to the University of Guelph. Um, I was a pretty good youth and junior athlete. Um, I was coming from Moncton, New Brunswick, where I played all kinds of sports and was involved in pretty much anything that I could get my hands on. Um, and my coach at the time, uh, Joël Bourgeois, who was a former two-time Olympian um, in the steeplechase, really encouraged me, the, me to have fun. So that was the main thing, was as long as I was having fun with running, then um, I would continue to do it. And uh, I had quite a bit of success with it. Um, I got uh, many youth records and junior Canadian records, um, but that wasn't really the goal of it at all. It wasn't. It was to have fun and to travel and to explore and to make new friends and to have all these different experiences. So, and I wasn't really a steeplechase runner at the time. I was a distance runner, so I ran anything from the 1500 up to the 5K, and. Um, if, if it was a distance race, I would race it, and uh, whatever the outcome was, hopefully it was a new personal best, but, you know, it was um, just to have an experience. So. so here you were. You were, you know, this youth record holder. Um, you are bilingual as well. Like, I can imagine that at this point your options are wide open. You could go anywhere, you know, anywhere in Canada school, but also probably anywhere in the States as well, too. Why Guelph? What made you choose Guelph? Yeah, so um, because of my name, Geneviève, a lot of people assume that I'm very, very francophone. Hmm. But uh, in reality, I come from a pretty perfectly bilingual family. Uh, my mother is Anglophone from... Um, she grew up in Montreal, but it has a lot of family from Ontario. And uh, my father um, was francophone from Montreal, uh, but all of his family spoke French. So, um, you know, I, 
had all these options, whether I wanted to stay in Canada or go to the States, or whether I wanted to stay close to home um, and continue to work with Joelle, or whether I wanted to um, go somewhere else. And um, luckily, I had uh, these two friends, um, the Frost Twins, who had come to Guelph. And um, I had kind of seen the, the, the scene, I guess, of Guelph arise. And uh, um, I met Alex Genet through Joel as well, and um, got to know him a little bit. And he was coming to Guelph, and it was just seemed it seemed like it was the place to be, and uh, so that really enticed me. But um, I looked at some other options. I'd heard a lot of bad stories coming out of the states, so um, at the time I just wasn't really interested in going down south, and uh, I really wanted my academics to to shine through and. I was really interested in environmental sciences and Guelph also seemed to be the place to be. So kind of everything just pointed towards Guelph. Um, so although I looked around uh, and uh, visited some other schools, um, I knew that uh, coming to Guelph and working with Dave and, and, uh, and the team was really what I wanted to do. So, so you, you arrive at Guelph and at this point, for those who don't know, uh, the Guelph women's team just, just came off of a 12-year streak uh, of team titles at the at the collegiate championships here in Canada. You were very much a part of that. What was the transition like from from high school to now? You know, you're going on to post secondary education, but you're still running at a high level as well, too. What was that transition like for you? Um, well, coming to Guelph, I knew that I had uh, automatically had um, a team of best friends, uh, which in high school I had a lot of good friends, but. Um, they, I had my running group um, who were my best friends and then at school I didn't really have, um, I didn't really associate with, with kids as well there. So um, when I came to golf and had a team full of like girls who were interested in the same things that I was and um, had this common goal and would work together day in and day out, uh, it was just so exciting. So the transition actually happened quite fluidly because I was so excited to be here that I think in my grade 12, I spent more time in Guelph than I actually did <laughs> in Moncton finishing my grade 12 year. So um, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And then uh, they'd already been winning when I came along. And uh, um, I think in my first year at training camp, uh, we all got sat down and um, a young Kyle Borsma talked about uh, running through a wall for his team and uh, that kind of mindset was just how it was going to be. You were going to live and breathe the team and uh, you were going to go for that title no matter what. I'd say it definitely worked out for you. What are some, some things that really stick out to you from your time as, as a collegian, I guess? Um, you know what? I think the best times are just running in the trails with the girls. Um, and uh, and the guys, I mean, I, I would chase down some of them sometimes, uh, although they didn't like it. But um, but yeah, most of the time, just just having those life chats out on long runs. And um, I was lucky enough over, and I still am lucky enough um, to to train with those girls. And um, I've seen so many different teams now that. Um, I have the team that I partook with when I was in my undergraduate and then um, the team that's evolved ever since. So 
uh, I've been lucky enough to meet some wonderful women and uh, and to work with them. So um, I'm really fortunate to to have spent that time with them. You've made your your name as a steepler. Um, obviously, in U Sport, there is no there is no steeplechase because it's it's indoors and stuff. Did you ever think that you know maybe steeplechase isn't what I want to do? Maybe I want to focus on the fifteen or on the three or the five. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no indoor steeplechase, although Reed Colsat seems to bring up there was once one year uh, indoor steeplechase in New York, and they they tried to run it a few times, and so Reed always brings it up, asking me whether I'm going to run an indoor 1500 meter steeplechase. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, and uh, and so um, yeah, th- you know, I've I've run the other distances. I run a lot of 3K indoors and. Uh, and 1500 meters outdoors and stuff like that and that's mainly the 3k and the 1500 were my were my events when I was younger um, so I think that's why I really enjoy the steeples because it's something different um, I also I've always been kind of an adventure child I mean spending time up in the Arctic and and all of that is really true to my roots so um, you know the steeple is like it's a, like an adventure on the track so um, I mean, if you looked at my races this year at uh, World Championships, they were um, quite uh, out of the norm. So, um, and that's where I thrive. I really enjoy those kinds of races. If you go back to our second episode, um, you recount the story of of staying in Guelph and deciding to keep on running. Uh, you know, after after going to the Arctic and and stuff. You know, what what were you thinking before that? Were you ready to give up running on such a high level? Um, yeah, I had been kind of struck with a series of injuries and, uh, and you know, as much as I loved running with the team, there, I was having just like a personal dispersion with running and uh, I think I had acknowledged that I was going to be a good collegiate runner and then once my time was done, um, I was going to go on to do other things in life and I'd kind of accepted that maybe... I wasn't going to make it to the Olympics, but um, but that wasn't the be-all, end-all. And I think almost understanding that um, made me want it more and made it more achievable uh, because I'd kind of let go of all those fears leading up to it that, um, that once everything kind of started to pan out, it was more realistic. And, uh, and then I obviously decided to do it and to... to um, to chase after after that dream and uh, accomplish it. So, so the, the story goes is that, you know, Dave said, give it one more try, give it one more season, uh, and, you know, if you're not happy with the, with the results, then that's fine. What was the moment, because you're, you're here in front of me today, uh, you've just ran a, a world championships this past summer, you are an Olympian at this point. What was the point where you said, you know what, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to keep on running. Um, I think it was, well, it was definitely after Dave told me that I was going to have to switch coaches. Uh, I was, he was going to have to help me find some other way to, if I wanted to continue running, I couldn't continue running with him if, if I had any other hopes and dreams. So um, I think having him tell me that he was like, you know, I can't really help you. I was like, Oh no! I still need your help. I still, I still, I still actually need need to train with with this group and and know this is actually where I want to be. So I think having that that idea of, um, you know, it was the end of an era. I was like, 
I realized that it wasn't it wasn't quite the end of an era and um, that I was actually ready for that new challenge. And uh, and I think another thing he said was he told me that um, over the years in as a collegiate athlete, uh, he had seen me dedicated, but not 100% dedicated. And so, you know, there's still that 10% room of improvement. And uh, so there, I knew that, um, that there was room for improvement and that there was room for, for things that I hadn't done yet. So um, I think that's where I kind of said, okay, I'll give it one more shot. And then the next day I, I showed up to practice and I really showed up to practice. And mm-hmm. um, I think I've been doing that ever since. So, <laughs> Well, that, that's one thing that I've noticed is that, uh, you know, being, being present at a lot of the workouts and stuff, uh, when you're out there, you, you're really giving it in, in, uh, in practice. I'm I'm wondering how do you how do you find that in you for every single practice that you attend you know just being there ready to give it. Yeah, uh, it's definitely you know it, it's it's different than being a youth athlete where you're just having fun and it's a different from being a junior athlete or um, a collegiate athlete where you're working as a team um, because now it's an individual goal and so um, that's where it becomes you know it's it's no longer about what the people around you are doing. It's what the people around can help you to do to improve. So, um, yeah, showing up to practice now, it's, I mean, it's challenging in a different way and it's fun in a different way. Um, it's now kind of my career and it's something that I, I do day in, day out, but, um, it's still something that I have fun with. So, um, that spirit hasn't gone away. It's just changed a little bit. So, you know, we've mentioned World Championships, Olympics, but also Diamond Leagues as well, too. You've really been around the world. And I have to think that it's, it's one thing to train physically, but also I, w- I would have to think that's a bit of a, a shift in mentality for you to be, uh, you know, competing and actually making finals against some of, these, some of these women who are considered the best in the world. Now you, too, are considered, you know, the best in the world. When did that, you know, mindset shift change from okay, I'm a pretty good collegiate athlete to I'm one of the best in the world? I think uh, actually after Worlds in 2015 where it was my first world championships uh, and I went for the experience and um, I really embraced it and uh, at our training camp prior to the the world champs, um, I got to watch Ashton Eaton, Brianne Tyson Eaton, um, Melissa Bishop, uh, Sultana Frizzell, I got to watch all of them, Damian Warner, Derek Druin, like I just got to watch them all train and see what they were doing and uh, really, really understand that, okay, this, this is what it takes to be at that next level. And, um, and you know what, they all accepted the fact that, yeah, they were one of the best in the world. And so um, when I went to, to Worlds in 2015, I was ready to to compete to the best of my abilities, but I don't think I was ready to make a final. Mm. And, um, but then I got to see what it took to make that final. And so the next year I told Dave, I said, actually after that race, I told Dave that the next year I wanted to start where I'd finished. Mm. And that's exactly where I started. And I knew leading into the Olympics that I wasn't going to the Olympics just to have an experience. I'd been to many major championships and I'd been to, I've traveled around the world, so I've seen places, but um, I knew that if I went to the Olympics, I really wanted to make that final. And um, so, yeah, so I 
I did it. <laughs> and uh, I think after that, uh, we decided that, um, you know, why not just make a final? Why not be a major player every time? So um, that's where we are now, and that's where we're continuing to strive is not just to be the best in Canada, but to, to yeah, to rank up against uh, those top women in the world. So of some of those, you know, great world, world experiences that you have, is there any moment that really sticks out to you as being, you know, a milestone in your career? Um, you know, I think every major championship is a milestone in its own and uh, has its own take backs. Um, you know, uh, obviously the Olympic Games is going to be big because it's broadcast worldwide, but, um, you know, competing at World Juniors in my hometown in Moncton, New Brunswick in 2010 is also just a really big milestone in my life because I'd come off of a whole bunch of injuries that year and managed to um, break a, a, a national junior record and also run the steeplechase for the second time in my life. Mm. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, in front of uh, yeah, in front of the world. So, um, and you know, I think, uh, and then this year at World Championships, um, just managing to make a, another final again, um, and I did it with a lung infection and a bruised up knee. So you know, doing um, all these things. Uh, there's a lot of stories that go behind them. So I think. Um, all of the stories make a collection of milestones and um, really build to the whole journey of it. And, you know, no matter where I get to at the end of my career, um, I'll have all of those stories to look back on and, uh, and to share with the next generation. Finally, we before the interview, we were joking around about uh, you know being being a bunch of old people at the ripe <laughs> old age of 26, uh, you know, around, around the university team. You know, being the, in the position that you are in, you know, 26 isn't that old, but you do have a lot more experiences and uh, being around the university team and training with them. Have you been able to pass on some advice, uh, you know, maybe help help some some of those people out in where they're at right now? Definitely. Uh, I think every day I try to pass on, um, as my uncle would say, <laughs> pearls of wisdom. Um, and, uh, you know, whether you take them or not, it's, it's up to you. Um, and it might just be me talking about my life or it might be something that has to do with, with running. Um, but yeah, I, d I definitely try to reach out to those younger generations. And uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talented young women across Canada and I think um, as long as they have that spirit uh, of fun and, and pleasure within the sport um, that's guiding them, then, uh, then they'll find success. Uh, so um, you know, I, ultimately that's, uh, you, even though we're, yeah, 26, I try to pass down some of those, but I also try to learn from, from uh, those who were before me. So um, the Melinda Elmores and Hillary Stellingworth uh, of, of that time, and, and even on our teams, I mean, being on teams with uh, Nicole Sifuentes, who's been around the world multiple, multiple times and, and such, it's really incredible to, to be able to learn from them. and, and uh, and so yeah, I guess I learned from everywhere, and I hope to to sh to spread that wealth of knowledge or uh, whatever I've gotten um, up till now uh, with with the others. Five things that define Crystal Hanty's time in Guelph. National steeple medalist Crystal Hanty talks about five objects that mean a lot to his time in the Royal City. Number four 
uh, is the bronze medal from last summer's uh, national championships in Ottawa. Uh, bronze was not my preferred color uh, for that summer season, uh, especially after um, the previous year where I um, missed out on the Olympic standard by just a second. So I was really excited about going to the national championships and uh, trying to take home the championship. Um, there was a lot of uh, um, excitement, I would say, in my race because it had Matt Hughes in it, who previously had not raced for the whole season. So there's a bit of a question mark there. Um, but the race for me went great. Like I didn't achieve my goals, um, but I pretty much did everything that I could have done to um, try to uh, hit the standard for the world championships and I fell short, but um, I don't think I would have done anything differently. Um, and that, that bronze medal kind of represents a lot of um, the determination that I put into the training for that season. Um, I had been injured through the fall and into the winter for about five months with an Achilles injury. So um, in January, I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna race at all. So, um, even though I wasn't able to achieve all my goals, it was the first time I was on the podium at a senior national championship. And uh, the race itself was um, pretty much everything that I could have put into it, I did. So I came away from it with this uh, reminder of uh, just perseverance through some tough times and that um, on the other end, even if I don't uh, achieve all my goals, uh, I can still be proud about what I did. And the last item, uh, which I have to kind of represent the past, oh man, I guess seven years in Guelph now, uh, is an album by a band called uh, Sheepman. Uh, this band is uh, probably, I don't know if they are really even together anymore. I don't know if their music is online anymore, but I do have the physical copy of this album. Um, and what this represents for our team collegiately um, it was just, I think it was Andrew Nixon, one of his buddies in Montreal had a band and uh, for whatever reason, we all just got really into their music. Um, they came to Guelph uh, two summers in a row and played a house show each summer, which were some of the best parties we had. We all just memorized their lyrics and uh, when we were in training camp, we would sing the songs kind of as like a, uh, a uh, fraternity type chants and everything on our on our runs and actually to this day um, one of the lines in this songs is the Guelph Griffins chant which I'm happy to say that the team has taken up and is continuing through using it this year I don't know how long it will uh, remain but you know I think it might stay with the team for a long time and uh, yeah the the chant goes she only likes me for my big strong arms and I think that's kind of uh, relatable to a lot of distance runners. Hey, my name is Chris Winter and I'm a 3000 meter steeplechaser from Vancouver, British Columbia. I uh, trained with the Speed River Track and Field Club after graduating from the University of Oregon. Uh, and I moved out there in 2009, uh, in, in early in September, and uh, trained with that group all the way through to uh, after the Olympic Games in 2016. Uh, the Speed River Track and Field Club uh, was definitely one of the, the permanent clubs on the scene when I graduated from Oregon and I was looking for an opportunity to uh, continue in the sport and uh, I'd gotten to know some of the, the guys that were in the club 
specifically uh, Alex Janay and Rob Watson, both who were steeplechasers at the time. And uh, earlier in the season, we had been competing at the, the Peyton Jordan track and field meet in uh, Stanford, and we'd gone for a cool down together, and they were asking me what my thoughts and plans were for after the, after the season when things wrapped up at the NCAA level. And uh, I told them I, I hadn't really thought about it yet, and I was kind of debating whether or not I'd stay down in the States or move on and uh, look at getting a career uh, in something else. And uh, they mentioned, you know, the opportunities that existed uh, out in Guelph with the Speed River Track Club. And uh, I have to admit, like, after being down in the States for that long, I, ha I had kind of lost touch with uh, the Canadian system and uh, all the great things that were happening back at home. And so it was definitely uh, one of those moments that I look back now as, as a huge kind of game changer. And uh, I definitely listened to those guys that day and continued on with my season. And then it was a few months later when I started actually making look, looking around to, to make that final decision that, I reached out to uh, Alex and Rob and then ultimately got put in touch with uh, DST and uh, Dave was right away opened me with open arms and uh, invited me to come out and have a look at uh, Guelph and just get a sense for what the team was all about and uh, I kind of think the words to him at that point were something like that if I was going to bother getting on a plane that I might as well just move out there and uh, a couple months later I, I did exactly that and I put a single bag or a couple bags on the plane and, and flew out there and got a basement suite apartment with uh, Dana Buchanan, a, another Duck alum. And uh, we also uh, we, we rented a small little basement suite together and started our journey with uh, the Speed River Track and Field Club. And uh, right away I was just amazed by the, the whole community there and just was welcomed in with open arms. And I remember early on uh, I hadn't uh, worked with the, the massage therapist yet named Marcel and I needed some therapy done and I, I was put in touch with him and he told me that I could come over to his place and it was like nine o'clock at night and I, I just thought this was crazy is like this guy does not need to stay you know available and, and work for work on me at that time of night he, I'm sure he had a million other things he'd rather be doing but just the, the whole sense of the community was always just you know reaching out and to do whatever they can to, to help everyone and right away I just felt it felt like home and uh being able to work with uh, Rob and, and Alex right away was was super uh, like was such a great opportunity. And uh, while I'd been at Oregon before that and, and training with some some great athletes, I uh, I hadn't had uh, athletes like that in the steeplechase to really kind of work with. And Alex, being the the technician he is, uh, definitely one of the best hurdlers, probably uh, well definitely in the country and maybe in the world. Uh, it was amazing to to work with them and just get pushed to that new level and. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 Speed River the club uh, in general. I mean under under the guidance of Dave was uh, a huge turning point in my career for me. Um, I came in uh, from from university having had a little bit of success, uh, and I made a couple NCAA finals, but I definitely hadn't achieved the level that I thought I was capable of. And it was through Dave and and with uh, Alex and Rob, and then uh, eventually when Taylor made the move over that I really was able to kind of find my, uh, you know, my, my true abilities and get pushed that next level and, you know, came in with a PB of 842 in the steeplechase and a couple years later uh, left with a PB of 826 and had made a couple of uh, teams, most notably uh, the Olympics in 2016. So, yeah, no, I know I appreciate everything that the, the Speed River and the whole community there in Guelph did for me and I know that I wouldn't have achieved uh, the, the things that I did without all of their collective help. You've been listening to another episode of Something in the Water, the story of the University of Guelph and Speed River track and field teams brought to you by Sidious Mag. 
For track and running news, commentary, humor, and top-notch podcasts, go to SidiousMag.com. You can also check them out on all major social media platforms at SidiousMag. Also check out the teams on Instagram at GriffinTF and at SpeedRiverTFC, and on Twitter at GriffinTrack and at SpeedRiver. If you like this show, be sure to check out my other Canadian track podcast, The Terminal Mile, on iTunes, Google Play, and all the big podcatchers, as well on social media at The Terminal Mile. Thanks for listening, and come back next week for another episode. 